This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Online Inquirer podcast and a season wrap-up with Jay Lehman, All-American linebacker. It's been a fun ride, Jay, and, and it ends with a really feel-good victory for Illinois, 47-14 over Northwestern. You were on the call. I was just uh, listening back to that. I didn't even have to really watch the fourth quarter uh, because it was just such a laugher, uh, and, and it just really feels good to end the season that way. I mean, it's 5-7. and seven. You're regretting a couple losses earlier in the season in the sure. Big Ten West, but I don't know if there's a team that's five and seven. I went through them that that feels better about the way the season ended than than Illinois and Brett Bielma. Sure, it's been a long time since we have had a team that has gotten better as the year progressed. We've got a lot of teams that have gotten worse as the year progressed, and this team had its fair share of injuries that they battled through uh, for periods of time. Lost some guys for the season. They're two inside linebackers, but. I think it's what it's what your coaching staff focuses on. You know, even when we were very slim chance to make a bowl game, uh, Brett said, hey, November games are important to our program. We've got to win November games. And, uh, you know, we I kind of chuckled because, like, we finally get Carney and Isaiah Gay, like the last four or five weeks, just being tears uh, at, at outside linebacker. We have Brandon Peters play the best game of the season. And we're like, okay, we're ready to have those guys back, right? Um, and now they're gone. And so, but I, I feel good about the direction of the program. Uh, I saw that, you know, currently as of this weekend, I know it changes all the time, but you know, we're 10th in the Big Ten in recruiting, which isn't astounding, but it's solid for you know, basically where we're coming from. Um, so I think everything's pointing in the right direction. Uh, I, I, honestly, we're, we're only one or two games away from competing for the Big Ten West Championship. And uh, that's something that Brett mentioned in his press conference. We talked to Josh Whitman about, hey, they thought they'd be competitive in the West Division very, very soon with the brand of football and the athletes you can get in this part of the country. Jay, we know how good this defense has been all year, but finally to put together that type of offensive performance, I know Northwestern's not good, but they sure. treated them like they weren't very good. The defense set them up with great field position. Right. Got to give credit to the uh, punt return team did well, right? Like So they had great field position all day, but – I thought Tony Peterson had a masterful game. Like, I, if, if people want to criticize him, you got to give him kudos. And I think you saw what this offense can be the last sure. couple of weeks when you get solid quarterback play, right? Sure, absolutely. You know, and we'll break, we'll break down some of those things and, you know, our, our breakdown of offensive plays and what Brandon Peters did. Uh, I think that's for the premium members. I'm not sure. But uh, maybe, maybe it'll be for somebody else. But um, – one, I think it was the most complete game Illinois played all year. Uh, offense, defense, uh, Donnie Navarro got some good return yardage. Uh, James McCourt, you know, I think had four field goals. Uh, and Blake Hayes was Blake Hayes, right? Three or four for McCourt. I'm not mm -hmm. sure how many he actually, actually ended up yeah, having. Yeah, four. Yeah, four. 
And so um, the most complete game, right? And dominant. I, I, I talked to you at halftime, like, hey, man, when's the last time we dominated a team like this? I think it was like Daryl Hazel, you know, 2015 Purdue team. And it should have been 47-7. I mean, it wasn't a touchdown. Let's just say what it, it is what it is. That last touchdown by Evan Hall wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should have been reviewed this one to get the game over with because it was so far out of reach. But let's talk about Tony Peterson. You know, the best play, if we, if, we did, if we did an analysis of the best play for Illinois over the last season, it's probably been the outside zone play with Chase Brown. That was a focal point of Northwestern defense to take that away. They're very, very fast flowing outside. And what I would say is that I was never a great athlete playing football. So I always had to strain to get to the football, right? And the problem is when you got to really strain, you can overcommit yourself if you're not taking proper angles. In the first, you know, three touchdowns of the game, or at least three out of the first four, uh, were all based on taking advantage of that aggression, right? So the fumble after Marty loved the call with the reverse to Daniel Barker. What people don't realize is, when you get into the red zone, and this is this is by Tony Peterson, we're breaking down the calls, right? Uh, Tony Peterson, first of all, I love the call. First play of the game, dig route to Isaiah Williams. Yeah. I think it was good, good play. Ball was on the money between two defenders, and we saw what Isaiah Williams can do after the catch. They get the ball after the Marty fumble, and what I love about this play is uh, it looks like it's going to be an outside zone to Chase Brown, which everybody expects. They also know that when they get in the red zone, especially inside the 10, the field gets condensed. A lot of teams go to man coverage. So you got Brandon Joseph, who's the eighth man in the box uh, on the backside, is man-to-man on Luke Ford. So he's got to take Luke Ford. And what you see Luke Ford do is he kind of runs a little bit of a route and then turns it into a block. Well, that vacates Brandon Joseph uh, from being the eighth man in the box. So when the fast flow happens for the other linebackers, uh, with Peter McIntyre and Bryce Gallagher for Northwestern, is they're, they're trying to stay in their gap and at the same time, um, you know, track with Chase Brown, they quickly reverse to Daniel Barker, and nobody's there. Brandon Joseph is covering Luke Ford, and the over-pursuit of everybody, he waltzes into the end zone. First touchdown. Second touchdown, you look at the film against Purdue and Northwestern, we saw Milton Wright have four touchdowns, two of them on double moves, uh, on hitching goes. They used it a double move here, but in a different tweaked out way in which they had, you know, basically Donnie Navarro and Isaiah Williams act like they were blocking for the first two seconds of route route for a, um, you know, quasi screen play out route to Luke Ford. Right. So uh, Peters pumps it. Uh, I don't think it was Cam Mitchell. It was the other, maybe AJ Hampton, yeah, Hampton. you know, the, the corner bit up on it hard. I mean, they're over aggressive again. And what I do Peters pumps, and actually throws a dime, right, to, to Isaiah Williams, right? Uh, but that will be the second best pass he threw all year, uh, only to the one at Rutgers he threw at Isaiah Williams. And then he throws one later to Casey Washington, which was yeah. a good ball as well. Actually threw it to Grass, right? We've also said, hey, the post run, throw it to Grass. They did that. So the first two touchdowns, all taking advantage of over-aggressiveness. And then I think it was after a good Donnie Navarro punt returner, maybe another turnover, maybe it was the Quan Martin turnover uh, in which he got a pick that they ran the reverse to Isaiah Williams, right? Again, faking that outside zone motion and then running the reverse. This is something they did all the time under Tony Peterson with Lawrence Maroney and Barber. They'd fake it to Barber, give it to Maroney on the reverse. And we saw that those three three things really took advantage of the over-pursuit and blew the game open. Great coaching by Tony Peterson.
Yeah, it was good protection, too. I mean, Peters had all day sure, uh, back sure. there to throw, which obviously we didn't see early on in the season. But, Jay, do we just say this is because Peters was hurt early in the season? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why didn't this click earlier? Because you think of, man, if this would have clicked for the sure. Rutgers game or if this would have clicked a, a little bit earlier, is that just it took a little longer than the defense to do that, or is it really the Peters injury? What do you think? I think there's a number of factors. I think, uh, first of all, as a fan, we never know how injured guys are. Right. I mean, we get an injury report and then somebody's back and we expect them to be full speed. I mean, I think Josh McCray's a great example, right? We didn't know he had a flu bug. It was just like, okay, well, why isn't he playing good? Like, come on, like, let's go, right? As a fan. So you can get frustrated in that sense. So I think the fact that it was a, a shoulder injury, I think I know it was non throwing, but you're still, it's still injury. I think he had Sitkowski breathing down his neck a little bit when he came back. Um, but once Sitkowski got hurt, uh, we saw Brandon Peters steadily improve, I think, each game yeah. a little bit, right? I mean, I mean, we we saw uh, Rutgers wasn't great, but we saw him make enough plays in Minnesota. Uh, we saw the quick game in Iowa and the most complete game against Northwestern. Uh, he did have time. Uh, you know, Sam Duke Miller, probably one of their best pressers, pressers was out. Uh, but Aditami Wadabare was shut down by Vidarian Lowe and, and Julian Pearl, who's, who's their best probably pass rusher right now. And so – I thought they did a tremendous job of really blocking the four-man rush. For the most part, picking up the pressure. There's some pressure early where Chase Brown missed a block or two on Coco Osama and whatnot. But when he had time to throw the football, he was good. I mean, look at his number. I think it was 14 for 24 for 250. I mean, that'll get her done in this in the West Division. And I think this it, it, those numbers are as important as we could have in a game like that when you're trying to advertise your program as a transfer portal destination, right? Yep. I mean, we look at the stats of the numbers of just the quarterback. I'm looking at the stat sheet and I'm looking to pull, who, who do I want to go to where I'm going to throw the football? And the numbers don't look great, great for the first 10 games. The numbers get a little bit inflated at Iowa because with a huge drive at the end. And the numbers look really good uh, in the blowout against Northwestern. So there's hope, right? I mean, we have a chance to do that. And I think you can have, be very efficient you can have high percentage throws, but take some shots down the field as well. Yeah, I want to get into that, Jay, the pitch to a quarterback, because that is the number one uh, offseason storyline is the transfer Just quarterback. Just so you know, Jeremy's got to keep me on like schedule, because like I, I have a tendency <laughs> no. to answer everything in one thing and break it down really far, and he's got to bring me back, guys. So well, I, I almost, where is Jay going? I almost dove completely into it there, but I want to save that. Uh, I know you think this might have been the, the most important win of the season. Wow. I do. Yeah, I do think it's the most important one. I, obviously, it's not going to get as much pub as the longest game in football history or, or beating Penn State on the road or beating Minnesota on the road. But it's so big mentally to, first off, own your state. Like, if you, there's been so many years Illinois has not been the best program in the state. I mean, Northern Illinois had good teams. Shoot, Southern Illinois is a top two FCS team right now. Illinois State's been too. And I'm not – but Northwestern's been better than Illinois. It's just a fact. Fitz has beat Illinois 11 times more than any other program uh, that he's ever faced. And it really felt like there was a new era shift in the rivalry when Brett Bielema stepped out there. Uh, there was just a confidence. There was no doubt in that game uh, from the very first se or second series – I mean, the only reason they stopped us in the first series was the no call and the pass interference on Isaiah Williams, right? That should have been a first down. And they even got away with some calls that they missed. And so 
I think this is one, first, you got to win your state. Two, it's a division. That it's now we have, we, we went 500 in the West division, three and three, right? Uh, because uh, we, we beat Minnesota, we beat Northwestern and we beat uh, Nebraska. Who else did we beat? Nebraska. 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 Right. So that's a start Four four wins total as well against, against Penn state. We got the other wins. So I think one, you get to four wins in big 10 play and, and, and even in a division, you win your state, right? But most importantly, you show what a complete game can look like. And it felt good. It just felt like the game was never, it's been a long time since we've done a conference game, had a conference game where we just felt like the game was never in doubt. Everything was under control. If there was a mistake, it was overcome. Northwestern had no answers for anything. And I just think for the way they won that game and how dominant they won that game in a rivalry, the confidence that that gives the team, that just gonna, it's probably to me the biggest programming win of the season. I know that the top 10 win with Penn State's gonna get all the fanfare, but I'm telling you that game was huge going into the off season. Yeah, I think it's it, it's. I, I hate to use the pun, but it's a statement, right? Like uh, right. That, that. Hey, we we are here, but it also just Northwestern's a bad team this year. I can't understand Northwestern football with the last right. place win a Big Ten title, last place win a Big Ten title. But like you treated Northwestern like they have treated you so many years when you have been down sure. that I, I thought that was really really encouraging. Um, and and it's just another step, Jay, where they've been competitive all year. And they beat Nebraska. They beat Northwestern when those teams are down. They go on the road and they're able to beat some teams that nobody expected them to as well. So what do you think overall, year one, what did Brett Bielma do to this program uh, after one year? And, and what is just – I know it's relative, but they had a positive scoring differential in Big Ten plays. You said four wins in the Big Ten. I think it's just the – the second time since 2010 that has happened. Um, so, like, what do you think is accomplished by some of these modest steps forward? Well, first off, you know, if, if people said, starting out, it's like, would would you be satisfied with five and seven? And I think in August you said, ah, you know, looking at the schedule, I don't know if we would be satisfied with five and seven. But if you look at the tape, it just tells a different story, right? Um, you see – we always talk, they talk about smart, tough, dependable, right? I mean, we see an overall pretty smart team, not a lot of mental errors, not a ton. There, there's there's some, right? Now it's a, more of a veteran team, but the way they play, they're pretty smart. Um, they showed some real resilience. They lost some players. Uh, they were able to battle in games, able to finish some games. Um, you know, after that Wisconsin blowout, um, they were able to rebound and really finish the season three and two. Uh, in conference play, able to be really competitive in the conference, like you said, a scoring plus differential. Um, and I, I think it, it, we've won some games by kind of flukish turnovers and stuff happening and crazy plays or whatever it may be. Um, it didn't feel like we had any of that this year. It just felt like we were actually beating people. Now, is it as consistent as we want? No. Um, are some of our guys more veteran and had more reps than the guys that were playing against on the other side? Yes. But I think for Illinois, the competency level just went up. When you look at them, we've watched every game over the last, well, since 2004, probably since you were a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, hate to give your age to everybody, but you know, you probably watched every game and we've seen some pretty darn incompetent football. I mean, really incompetent football. I felt for the first time in a long time, 
man, it felt competent out there. The coaches knew what they were doing. And I think it starts with the quality of coaching staff that Brett Bielema brought in. Uh, these are veteran coaches uh, that have had success in every other, other spot. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Jay, now you got to take a step forward, though, uh, after you lose a bunch of key players, especially uh, in the trenches. Those outside linebackers are gone. Roderick Perry, who I think we saw the last you know, Iowa game, was was very valuable. And, of course, four offensive linemen. you got to find a new quarterback. But what pieces are you most excited about after seeing them year one? I mean, Isaiah Williams towards the end of the year looked like uh, sure. a, a difference maker. You and I have talked about Johnny Newton uh, and uh, Keith Randolph and, and some of those DBs. Uh, what has you excited about the guys who return? Well, I think you got to look at the core of the defense, right? I, I think you're only as strong as, as your core. And so games won or lost up front. We talk about Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph. For those guys to be, I think they're freshman eligibility-wise, yeah. I think. Um, for those guys, those are two guys they know they can build around. They play with great extension, great technique. I think Keith's probably your best overall D lineman. Uh, Johnny has some twitch to him a little bit, uh, but I think Keith's probably your best overall D lineman right now. You got to feel good about your depth at middle linebacker, right? Uh, inside, inside line, there's two inside linebackers in the odd front or the three four that they run. Um, I see it being a rotation of uh, Tariq Barnes, Calvin Hart, and. Um, uh, uh, Kalen Tolson, who, who kind of is a floater a little bit, but we even saw Isaac D'Arcangelo get get in a little bit, uh, get some meaningful reps. I think, what is he a freshman, sophomore? I, I'm not sure. Sophomore, um, believe, yeah. And so, and we're going to have guys like, how about Kirby Joseph, all Big Ten? We never said that Kirby Joseph can be all Big Ten at this point last year, right? So guys are going to develop and get better, but I think having Kirby Joseph and Sidney Brown, uh, you know, Sidney was not an ideal free safety. They got him in strong safety. He's a master at disguising. Uh, he's good at the point of attack. Um, he, he's to credit for that interception just as much as Quan Martin is, as he got up enough under the ball to make the ball float. Quan Martin was able to get underneath and make the pick. And then Kirby is your is your consummate free safety, truly a a a, a purebred free safety, if you could say. I mean, that's exactly what you want. A guy who's rangy, he's long, he's fast. That's exactly what you want. A ball hawk. So I think the center is really strong. And I think you got your, your shutdown corner in Devin Witherspoon. What makes Devin Witherspoon a little bit different is uh, his ability to be physical at the point of attack on the edge that a lot of cover corners cannot do. That's what made Vontae Davis really unique is he was a shutdown corner, but able to really hit 
Uh, we see that with Jalen Ramsey. I'm certainly not comparing either of those guys to Jalen Ramsey, but what makes Jalen Ramsey so unique is he's a shutdown corner against some of the best, you know, receivers in that conference. We talk about we got DK Metcalf in that division. Uh, we, we've also got um, DeAndre Hopkins. We've got, uh, uh, I think we've run down more. We've got a lot of guys, right, in, in that division, and we see Jalen Ramsey really com, com battle that. When I think Devin Witherspoon, I think he's has got the attitude of Jalen Ramsey, certainly not at that level yet, but he's a guy that we can really build around and say, hey, we can let this guy be man coverage over here and we can play zone over here, right? Yeah. He can eliminate guys. So defensively, that's really what I'm excited about. I know we have to develop some pieces, Seth Coleman, Z Coleman, they, they've got to develop, right? And Seth, remember Seth was pushing Isaiah yep. earlier in the year. Seth got hurt, Isaiah came back on. Who's going to play nose tackle? I thought Calvin Avery played his best. I was hard on him in the Iowa game. Let's give him praise for Northwestern. I saw some real effort, right? I saw him chase down guys. So, like, as Brett Bielema says, hey, once you chase down guys once, I know you can chase down guys again, right? So, can Calvin Avery be an every down guy? I don't know. Can he give us 40 reps a game? Maybe, right? So, those are the pieces I'm excited. I think it all starts defensively because the biggest shift to, to me this year, as opposed to other years, is we had a defense that kept us in the game. Yep. And Jay, uh, offensively, offensively, you lose four offensive linemen, uh, obviously. But you know, I expect Daniel Barker went through Senior Day festivities. I would expect him to kind of go through uh, the NFL draft process. Maybe sure. Chase Brown does that too. He certainly uh, deserved that. But I want to ask you of of the guys who are on their way out or have a chance to leave. Uh, sure. Who do you think has the best chance of of being on an NFL roster at this point next year? Yeah. So that so. And we're talking offensively, or just a whole team, yeah. So, I think overall, your 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 top draft pick for people leaving is Vidarian Lowe. Um, the way, first of all, he's a great person, for, but great person doesn't get you drafted. Uh, you can just ask me about that. I think I'm a good dude. I never got drafted, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, shameless plug right there. But um, so I think Vidarian Lowe, he's a good person. He's got a ton of college reps. I mean, a ton of college reps against really good competition, right? So I, I think Vidarian Lowe gets drafted. I think Kramer and Palcheski are definitely in a camp. Uh, Bedovinak, did I get it right? Yes, uh, you got it. Week, week 13 here, you got it. Uh, he was an enforcer later down, in the, that, that down the, in the year, you know? I saw him be physical. I think he gets a, a shot at least at training, uh, I mean, a, a mini camp. I'm not sure he gets in get into training camp, uh, but he could surprise us. Um, so offensively, that's what that's what I see. I, I I think DJ Barker would serve himself well to come back again. I think Daniel Barker, he is an elite tight end receiver. I I think he can do other things. Like if they're going to give him two carries a game, if they're going to get him on the line a little bit more with Tip Ryman and Luke Ford, like I think he could use another year. Now he might have reasons that we don't know about that make sense for him to go and albeit it's his decision. He's got his, you know, four years in and God bless him, whatever he does. Uh, I think he can get better. Uh, so I think he should come back. I think the biggest, the guys that came up the most in my mind as draft picks are the outside linebackers. Uh, you gotta, you gotta realize that about close to, or maybe more than half of the teams run sort of a three, four in the NFL. In fact, it was a, I mean, Dick LeBeau, you know, is the famous guy for, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers of, of making that a famous defense for years, right? And 
it's been a great defense. And then Belichick has run a 3-4 or versions of the 3-4 for years. Saban is a 3-4 disciple. And so now it's proliferated quite a bit in, into the college ranks. Um, and so Dom Capers, uh, Green Bay Packer defenses, uh, 3-4. Um, you know, all, all those are, are – are, and when you look at it, those guys are always looking for good stand-up outside linebackers and Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney. We saw Isaiah Gay – you know, I, I talked to you at halftime – going against Peter Skaronsky, who we think will be a first or second round pick next year, or, or maybe the year after that um, for Northwestern. Good football player, uh, best lineman in the state of Illinois a couple of years ago. Uh, and I saw him bull rush him. I saw him speed rush him. I saw him long arm stick him and keep him away and cause Skaronsky to look really pedestrian. Yeah. I thought that tape was really valuable for him. Um, and we've seen him just really peak his last five weeks uh, Brett said this against really good competition. You know, three ranked opponents um, in Penn State, Minnesota, and Iowa. That's good tape. And, and people know those guys have good linemen. Like, that's going to be noticed. And Owen Carney has more size. We saw him drop a little more. I do think that was to give him some film, right? He could have got that pick. And he was trying. Uh, and it just shows you they, they think about that stuff, whether it's Chase Brown trying to get 1,000 yards mm-hmm. or whether it's Owen Carney. Trying, like, they're very player sensitive to that. Like, they, they want to get their guys in position. So I think those guys have come up you know, quite a bit. Uh, I think Tony Adams could be in a camp. I don't see him necessarily getting drafted, but I think he could be in a camp. So, uh, and obviously Blake Hayes and James McCourt, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see those guys starting uh, in the NFL. Uh, obviously kicker jobs and punter jobs are like the quarterback. There can only be one, right? See linebackers, they're going to take six in a four, three or eight in a three, four. And so if I'm, if I'm one of the top eight, I can get there, right? Not easier said than known, but, but there's only one punter spot. And there's only one kicker spot, so you got to you got to have be good enough to break into that. Once you're in, we see him Chase McLaughlin. Chase McLaughlin's broken in. He was just playing on Sunday night or Monday night. Sunday night, I think, yeah. for the Browns. And um, I think both those guys will be not draft picks, but I think they'll be in the league for a long time. Given all those guys who have a chance, Jay, right? Like <laughs> you got to add some talent here. Um, and, and this yeah. off season, the transfer portal is absolutely nuts it is filling up already uh illinois lost a couple guys kendall smith using his sixth year elsewhere eddie smith didn't work out here he's going to go back in the portal and i'm sure there'll be more guys right because uh illinois wants to free up some spots here but let's talk about the main position right illinois got to find a transfer quarterback and there are some big names in there jack miller from ohio state former five-star prospect is in there jack Plummer from purdue went in there um but what do you think is their sell here and, and did it improve over the last couple of weeks with, with Brandon Peters starting to finally show some signs in that passing offense? Well, we, we needed more, we needed more of a stat line than, you know, six of 11 for 75 yards. Right. I mean like no quarterback in his right mind is going to say like, let me go play for that team. Right. Um, so I think we helped ourselves a lot. And I think, they threw more than they probably could have um, against Northwestern, maybe for that reason, maybe because they just want to get better at throwing the football. Right. Um, so I would love to get the, I'd love to get Jack Miller uh, out of Ohio state. You know um, I don't know if he wants to stay in the Midwest or not. Uh, Plummer kind of reminds me of a, of, a, of a Brandon Peters, right. A little bit, right. Uh, a, a big 10 guy, but it could be good for a fresh start. You know, problem with Jeff Brom, he's just very demanding on the quarterbacks. They can switch out a lot. I don't think we have a shot at Spencer Rattler, right? No. But like, I but you know, let's take a look at like Western what Western Kentucky did. Uh, they got a quarterback from Abilene Christian 
uh, Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi set all kind of records at Abilene Christian, throwing the football. They bring him into Western Kentucky for one year. They transfer two of his receivers over and the O coordinator, and he blows it up at Western, just throwing the football all over the place. It doesn't have to be from a marquee program. It could be, right? It, it, but it could be a guy that's a four-year starter at Grand Valley State who says, shoot, I've been throwing, I've been throwing the wall all over the place. I, let me go try this, right? Um, I think you have to look at all these different options, who they're going to get, who they think they have a chance to get. So much of it is relational. And that's the advantage I think the Illinois has is that every one of their coaches, aside from Brett, Brett Bielema, was at another college at this time last year. Who are the guys at SMU that Kevin Kane knows? Who are the guys at Arizona and Rutgers that Andy Boo knew, right? Because that's why Sitkowski's here, because the Andy Boo connection, all right? Who are the guys that JMO, the defensive line coach, knew at Purdue? Maybe Plummer, right? Obviously. Who did Ryan Walters know at Mizzou? Or who did he recruit? That's how Eddie Smith got here, right? Yep. So it's not just where they're where, – so think about all these different things, where guys come from, who they can pick up from, where they recruit from, all those things play into it. It's not just, is it a good fit? It's, I have a relationship with those people. And so I think it's going to be a fascinating time. This might be the, I mean, the transport continues to get bigger, but this seems like the mega year with the COVID year before and the extra year of eligibility. Like you're getting a guy like Kendall Smith. Who cares after his fifth year, he's done. Well, not so much, right? right. He's got a sixth year. So who can we pick up? And more so than recruiting, because uh, recruiting of high school players will always be the backbone of things, I think. But when you're at Illinois, uh, when you're trying to rebuild, the transfer portal can be very, very, as we know, very, very important. Yeah, Jay. And, uh, you know, the quarterback position can change a lot, right? I mean, he's still got to have some things around him, though, right? I mean, so <laughs> is is what's your second biggest need? Is it the offensive line? Is it nose guard? Is it edge rusher, corner, sure. wide receiver? Like, what would be your second most important need to fill? So that, that's a great question. Let's look at how NFL teams build their team. Quarterback, left tackle. I mean, we're probably going to have a right-handed quarterback. There's not a lot of Southpaws out there when it comes to quarterback. This isn't baseball, right? I mean, there's only one NFL starting quarterback, and he got benched for some of the year if he had heard it's Tua. Tua talking about, oh, that's it. And so we got to have a left tackle, number one. Like, I, I, I want somebody on the line especially the way we block the outside zone play. So not as a protection, but you got to have a left tackle that can block the outside zone. Chase Young has a lot of success, interestingly, running to the left when you watch the tape. Um, so to me, that's really important is the left tackle position. All right. Um, and then I would go into the center as well. So O-line, those two ends. And then I would, on offensive side, I would get into receiver. I think by the end of the year, Isaiah Williams is going to be a legit Big Ten receiver. We saw that last game. I think next year, a year in the system, a year training for it, he's a legit starter in, in your slot. But uh, unfortunately, he couldn't play the slot a lot. He had to play like the outside, what they would call the X position, right? Um, that's not what his natural position is, right? So um, I'd like to see – uh, he's going to be there, but I think we do need – I saw Miles Marshall from Indiana uh, just got into the transfer portal as well. He's a guy that's had 750 yards receiving career-wise, but he's got some size. Um, I, I want to see other – I want to see a receiver. I, I'm interested to see how Deuce Span yeah. and uh, 
Is it Dale Vaughn or Dale Vaughn? Dale Vaughn uh, Campbell. Campbell. I'm wondering if Dale Vaughn, he tweeted out three years of eligibility left. I'm wondering if he enters portal. I think there's going to be some receivers that didn't play very much uh, on a bad yeah. pass offense. So probably into the I portal. Mean, if you didn't play much now in this offense, <laughs> the writing's on the wall. What I liked about Campbell was that he had some length, right? Yeah. But we never got to really see him play that much. How's Deuce Span going to do it? So I would go with a playmaking receiver that can really stretch the field that has some size. I don't know where you're going to find that guy. So in order, I'm going quarterback, I'm going left tackle, center, and then receiver. If we go defensively, I think we're in better shape over there, honestly. Uh, I'd rather get some 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 great offensive guys to help us a little bit because I think Zeke Holmes and I think Seth Coleman are going to develop. I do. But if right now if I could take one guy, I would get a nose tackle in there. I think it's so critical, guys, in the Big Ten, the conference we're in, we got to get a nose tackle that's solid up front or at least can split reps with Calvin Avery because Calvin Avery at this point hasn't shown that he can play the whole game at a level that needs to be played at. And then I'd love to get a great edge rusher. Um, obviously, one more and more the merrier, but can we get a good edge rusher that, you know, th- there was a learning curve that from playing with their hand on the ground to your feet up for Carney and Gay, right? So, there might be a learning curve for somebody if they haven't played in a stand-up defensive end outside linebacker role. And so then I would go with the edge rusher. I know you can build it all sort of different ways, but our weakest point right now is where we need to help. And I think that's left tackle and I think that's quarterback. So those are my first two priorities and then everything else is secondary. All right, Jay, before I let you go, um, recruiting is going on still with prep prospects, right? It's not just the free agent market or the transfer portal market. Um, And they are are making a push to close. They're looking for some more defenders, corner, uh, defensive line, edge rusher kind of to close out this class. Uh, They did just add a a big uh, offensive lineman from Denmark, Magnus Muller, which they're going international on this thing. But obviously, Brett Bielman is staff. That reminds me of like world's strongest man, you know, like – you're at ESPN two. You're 11 years old. You're up at like 11:30 at night, way too late. It's like Marius Pujanowski and Bill Kazmaier is <laughs> announcing we're doing the Fingle Fingers and Atlas Stones, and we're pulling we're pulling planes with our teeth. Have you ever done like, any? Oh of that my stuff? gosh! And they're all from like they're all from like Sweden or Poland or somewhere. They're like all those guys. The Americans are always getting trashed, right? So uh, hopefully Magnus is of the same. It's up the same cut, right? He's he's a legit six eight six nine, uh, by the way. But I mean, this staff gets after it on the recruiting trail, Jay. And obviously, they're not going to land a bunch of four and five stars at sure. Illinois right away, right? Like even even sure. if it took uh, Ron Zook a little bit of time to do that. But what have you thought of them on the recruiting trail? And and if you're if you were a high school prospect after seeing year one, five and seven, not great, but hey, they they looked better. Like, how do you think that that sells on the trail? Well, first and foremost, I think the relationship, and I've heard from multiple sources, this isn't just Jay Lehman making stuff up, that this, the relationships within the state with the high school coaches are exponentially better, right? Um, I mean, Brett's recruited this state for a long time. Iowa, Wisconsin, he was recruiting what you know Chicago for years. Um, so our relationships in the state are better, okay? We're gonna, I think we're going to get our fair share in the state, and we're, we already are, to be honest, okay? Um, you know, that, that being said, uh, I also think they've got guys uniquely positioned to go get players in different spots. They're always going to, I mean, Aaron Henry is a guy out of Florida, uh, I believe recruit out of Florida, uh, played at Wisconsin. He's got great relationships there. And Brett's had, had good success recruiting down there as well. 
Um, so, uh, you know, he, they have different contacts. We have Kevin Kane, who uh, has got contacts in, in Texas. We've got we've got contacts. You know, Andy Boo's been 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 everywhere. We've got, of course, the St. Louis connection with Corey Patterson, right? But what I like about it, we're, we're not just focusing on where we have contacts at. It's Illinois first. We're going to build out from there, and we're looking for a specific profile of a guy, right? Of like, hey, this is our offense. This is our defense. Let's recruit to it. That's why I'm not a huge favor of always turning out, oh, offensive coordinator isn't great. I know some people are like, oh, Tony Peterson's not doing this. I was never like that. I always thought he was doing, I always thought he was, for what he had, was doing a good job. It allows us to recruit to that type of player. Like, if, if they change offensive coordinators at Iowa right now and try to make it sexy, it'd be probably have the worst offense they'd ever have, right? Yeah. Because they've recruited players to that. If they started doing something totally defensively that's totally different than what they've done the last 40 years, they wouldn't be that good because they've recruited players that. So we have got to recruit the niches, right? The riches are in the niches, right? If we can really recruit well in those niches for what the Illinois player niche is, we will have success. Because when you recruit in the niches, you don't have to recruit against Ohio State on the five-star stuff because they're going to get those guys. We're not. Well, Jay, uh, Iowa-Michigan Big Ten Championship. Uh, Michigan finally gets it done, beats Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh is a pretty good coach. So is Kirk Ferentz, though, coming back after back-to-back losses after being number two in the country. Uh, I know everyone's got a pencil in Michigan into the national championship or the college football playoff here, but uh, Iowa, you can't look over them, right? I mean, so what do you think of the matchup? First of all, you never blow out Iowa, number one. I mean, I've said this stat many times, but for like 36 straight games now, it's been 24 points or less given up by that defense. Um, Similar to Ohio State blowing out Michigan State, Michigan just crushed Ohio State the week prior, and I I don't think they're going to play as well against Iowa as they played against Ohio State. They did get a big monkey off their back, right? But the the thing I think you, you think about is you're probably going against one of the most physical offenses in the country in Michigan against one of the most physical defenses in the country in Iowa, right? Uh, The big question is, can Iowa win without creating any turnovers? That's the question because the turnovers and the special teams have really lifted them the last two or three weeks down the stretch of this season, whether it be against Minnesota, whether it be against Illinois, or whether it be against Nebraska in that comeback win. I never look overlook Iowa. They're very difficult. That being said, I do think the way Michigan is running the football has been very, very impressive. They exposed Ohio State. Uh, you know, Josh Gaddis went on record the other corner saying they were soft on Monday. Not soft, but a finesse team. And uh, really took Oregon's game plan from week two of the season where they ran the ball right at Ohio State. And if there's one weakness of Ohio State, it was their front seven. They haven't recruited a great edge rusher or had the linebacker play they've usually had. And so um, – I don't think that's going to be an issue with Iowa. I think they're going to go pound for pound up front in the trenches. I think it's going to be a much more low, uh, low scoring game. Where runs the turnover battle is going to win that game. I'm predicting something along the lines of 20 to 10 uh, Michigan, but I don't think, I think Iowa will be in it to the fourth quarter. Jay Lamon, great stuff as always, man. And we'll do a VIP film room here of uh, Illinois offense, but uh, thank you for doing this this season, man. I, I know. So we've gotten so much great feedback. I love talking ball with you. It's a joy every week to to sit here and, and get uh, such great insight from an expert. But uh, I thought this first year went great, man. So I just can't thank you enough. And I know all the, the people listening to this have appreciated it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, uh, give a shout out to 
at left hash on Twitter. That's my brother. And uh, he's actually told me this was, he's a guy who's like one of those serial podcast listeners. And uh, so JD has my brother, JD Lehman, oldest brother. The reason I play football because of him, seven years older than me. I used to beat the snot out of me, but um, made you, you know, made you tough. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, is uh, you know, he's a serial podcast listener, like 30 or 40 like podcasts a week, you know, from, from uh, ranging from every topic. But he said this was at the top of his list. So made me feel good that uh, Jeremy Warner's putting out such great content. Jalen, you're the goods, man. Yeah, buddy. Great stuff as always from the great Jay Lehman. And what a season it was talking ball with him. The ups and downs of the season, some good, some bad, and some in between, but a far more competitive, far more interesting season uh, than most of them here recently outside of 2019 in that late run. Uh, but Illini end the season well. It's been a, It's been a while since they've ended a season well, really probably 2014, right? Uh, when they finally get away to get to a bowl game under Tim Beckman in his final year there before – Everything went nuts here, but uh, now the staff is hitting the road. I, I do want to mention the Big Ten has released its all Big Ten teams the last couple of days, and Illinois is better representative on the defense, and as they should be. Kirby Joseph, what a story he is. He gets first team all Big Ten as a safety, and it is well-deserved. And how surprised would we have been at the beginning of the year if someone told us that, that Kirby Joseph would become the first Illinois defensive back to win first team all Big Ten honors since Vontae Davis. We all would have been shocked, but what a season he had, and he was so well deserving uh, to get that when you have five interceptions that leads the country, three fumble recoveries, which leads the Big Ten, and uh, pro football focus, which sometimes argue with their grades, but can't argue with uh, the big plays Kirby Joseph made, the number one graded defensive back by PFF, and he was good in run support. Um, you know, he doesn't knock people over like uh, Sidney Brown does, but uh, he is he's not afraid to come up and make a hit either. Sometimes he takes the brunt of it, but he makes tackles. So a uh, really good uh, special teams player as well. Other than that, uh, we got third-teamers, James McCourt and Blake Hayes. Well-deserved, both of those guys. James McCourt ending the season really well. 14 of 15 on field goals inside 50. That, that's a huge stat for him as, as he goes forward to the next level. He just had to be more consistent there. He certainly was that this year, but he still had a huge leg, four of eight uh, from 50 or yards or more. That's the most 50-yard field goals in one season. And it tells you a lot about Brett Bielma having the trust uh, to have James McCourt kick eight 50-yard field goals. Also also great on uh, kickoffs as well. And Blake Hayes, not much more you can say about him. I did vote him third team, by the way, just because there's so many good punters in the Big Ten. Jordan Stout of Penn State. Uh, but I think we all saw Adam Corsak. And the impact he makes on winning for Rutgers. I voted him first team. Owen Carney, Sidney Brown, Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, and Devin Witherspoon all get honorable mention all Big Ten. Isaiah Gay, if he would have started his season just a little bit earlier with the production he was having late in the season, I thought he had a chance for all Big Ten honors. Couldn't vote him at the end just because there were so many really, really good edge rushers here in the Big Ten, so many good linebackers. But uh, I thought he played well too. So to get seven guys on your defense or six guys uh, on your defense to get all big 10 honors says a lot about your defense as for offense chase brown gets third team for the second straight year in a loaded year for running backs in the big 10 i think that's pretty impressive that he's able to get that and then doug kramer second team by the coaches uh says a lot about him because tyler linderbaum was great this year you knew he was going to get first team uh but the wisconsin and, and minnesota centers were really good as well and for doug kramer to get that kind of honor from the coaches says a lot 
I uh, haven't seen the honorable mention quite yet, but uh, Vidarian Lowe should have been uh, an all Big Ten guy. I'm assuming, oh, I know because I voted for him, uh, he will get honorable mention. But uh, I had him second team. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of shocked he's not third team. And, and you know, you hear some things from scouts and things like that. He's just a guy I, I think I should hear more from because I just think he's got a great chance in the NFL. Jay Lehman said it earlier in this podcast. Um, the experience he has, who he's gone up against. Think about it. George Karloftis and all these really good defensive ends and edge rushers in the Big Ten. I mean, going up against Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay every day in practice. I, I think he can, in the age he's at, the maturity he has, I think he's got a great chance to come in and you see some of the tackles the Bears played this year. And why, I was joked, call up Vidarian Lowe from, from, uh, from the Big Ten because I think he can step in and, and give you a chance. But uh, that'll wrap up the season here for Illinois, but we know it's going to be very, very busy in the transfer portal and in recruiting. Some new offers going out, uh, a lot of quarterbacks in the portal, offensive linemen in the portal. We will keep you up to date about that at IlliniInquire.com and, of course, when news breaks on this podcast as well. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast.